Blog Talk Radio. Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. I also just wanted to add this. I think this is something we should probably add as a, a, a little warning that um, there is graphic stuff talked about and, you know, things about sex and relationships is talked about on here. So I just wanted to let you know. Um, it looks like I have somebody on the line raising their hand. Um, I, my name is Kim. <laughs> Hello, this is Kim. Who is, I know this is probably somebody I know. Are you, you're on well, the I line. Hope so, I hope so, Kim. Can you hear me? Yeah, okay? there it is. Good day. Yes, it's, yeah, Bob. Well, I wanted to see because you raised your hand, but let me finish the intro and then I'll bring you yeah. back on with Philip, okay? Okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Okay. Um, so my name is Kim and I'm your host this evening. Um, we are on, oh gosh, I don't even remember what scan number one, because um, <laughs> I don't have my computer all the way open. I'm doing real good tonight. 3369 is what scan number we are on this evening. And um, I am going to be your survivor professional, and we can just talk about whatever comes up. I would bet that these two gentlemen that are with me this evening have some things to talk about as well. I might have some subjects if you guys don't know, but... Um, but at NASCA, we have a single purpose, and that is to address that are related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect, and we do so with only two goals. One, by educating the public, especially as it's related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, also known as CSA, and presenting facts showing that child abuse is a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. And two, by offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services of adult survivors of child abuse and information for anybody interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. And um, you can find all of that information on nasca.org. That's N-A-A-S-C-A. And if you're looking for a specific person that you would like to listen to that has been on our show, you just search by their scan number that's on there. 
So um, you can also call in. We'd love to have more people on our panel this evening so that we have a really lively discussion. And um, if you'd like to join us this evening, that number is 646-595-2118, and we'll bring you on. So um, this evening, it's you know, a survivor professional night, and I volunteered to be the survivor professional. I don't always admit that I know everything. I'm not, you know, I don't know everything. So it's good to have a lot of people on so that we can talk. So I know that um, I'm just going to go ahead and bring the guys on now. And um, hey. and then we can stop. Good day, Bob and, and Philip. Hello, guys. How are you? Good night, Philip. Good. How are you guys? Hello. <laughs> Good night. Hello, coffee, anybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey. we're here. <laughs> you're you're we're here, we're here. Punch. You're stealing my punchline, Philip. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Good night, mate. Good night, mate. Hey, I'd quickly like to share something. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I always like to start gatherings with what I call news and goods. So, you know, what is new in my life and what is good in my life at the moment. And um, the news is that I've, um, I've started my own dance, which I call with cancer, and I call it carousing with cancer. And, um, yeah, so that's, this is going to be an interesting journey. Um, and I'm not, I'm not in fear because I've, I have surrounded myself with a whole catalogue of um, natural remedies so yeah um, that's all good <laughs> and it's going to be an interesting journey and um, and the other news is I run a um, like an emotional support group for uh, anybody that's interested in totally recovering from depression um, because I believe it's it's better to focus on that arena rather than focus on suicide prevention which is like too little too late let's let's engage the people in a dialogue before they actually get that desperate and so that that group is known as on the mend which i like because we're you know if you're on the journey well you, we're all on the mend um but the sad news is one of my um most loyal uh, attendees uh, an amazing lady whose life story was just so inspirational like she healed herself from stage 4 breast cancer and she drowned when she was 3 years old and brought back to life and she, you know she was sharing her, she was she is was the most positive person I've ever met in my life and I'm 71 um but the the sad bit about it is she actually passed away last uh on the 28th but um, yeah her, her energy and her radiance is still present with me and really some really really good news for me is that this support group that I run I've really been struggling to get people to to come along on a Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock and open their hearts and share their stories and I know men don't you know are really sort of frightened of being vulnerable but and I've been trying to reach out to local organizations to spread my message. And today I got a request from the biggest local newspaper 
and they said they, they uh, want to interview me about my support group and what it's based on and you know uh, why I'm doing it so that's all really really good so yeah um, I have no fear around the cancer thing you know um, although I initially started down the Western medical model um, with colonoscopies and cystoscopies and and biopsies and CRTs and MRIs and for me the only reason I'm using that is to actually gain some information about okay what do you reckon is wrong with me because I know nobody knows my body better than me and I know that my my bowels are okay um, and that was confirmed by the colonoscopy but I know there's something wrong with my prostate so I want to get the information about what's going on there and then um, look through my catalogue of natural remedies and get on to my own personal healing path. So, yeah, it's uh, been a really amazing couple of weeks. And sorry it's been so long since I called in, Jim. Been busy. We, I dodged a cyclone yeah. last week. That's good news. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's good news that you dodged it. Uh, well, first of all, Bob, um, I'm... I'm so sorry that you got that diagnosis. Um, thank you for sharing it with us. I know that that can be such a scary thing for anybody. And um, and just know that your family is here, you know, to support you whenever you want to hop on with us. And we love you. We love you coming on. And um, and that's great about the the newspaper or the the, the newspaper yeah. or you said a reporter. Yeah, that's well, awesome. You're going to have to tell us all about that and put it on NASCA on their Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's really, really simple. And, you know, I, I love coming to NASCA. I, I keep forgetting it. I've got a short-term memory problem. Uh, I'm proud to be the regional ambassador for NASCA here in Australia. And I, um, whenever I do a presentation, I always mention NASCA and the, the amazing resource that it is, but also the approach and the realization of NASCA is that um, because we're all sovereign, unique, and equal, I don't have anybody else's answers. All I can do is share what works for me. And so, as everyone else is sovereign, unique, and equal, um, by you know by sharing their stories, by sharing what's worked for them, it's like um, we help to heal each other, and it. The healing journey is really that simple. Just people sharing their personal life experience. This is what I faced. This is the challenge I faced. And this is what I did about it. And if it resonates with another person, well, that's beautiful. Because I believe that we all hold, individually, we all hold one piece of the puzzle. So let's put those pieces of puzzle on the table. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I'm with you on that. (laughs) And actually, I was thinking about um, depression. That was one of my topics that I was going to talk about, and I know that's something that we talk about a lot really on here because we have many different views. Um, But also, I was also thinking about how other people's words affect you. And um, you kind of touched on that just a little bit and how that can lead into depression and how it's not you know, something that you should be taking to heart, but I think at times everybody does that, you know, especially if you're being told 
and you know it's not the truth. It's just somebody's perception of you. And I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of feel like that happens quite a bit. Like I'm just not understood sometimes. And, um, you know, I'd like to change that whole perception. And I think that just the support helps for sure. You know, when I haven't been on NASCA too, like you, Bob, I'm like, why haven't I been doing that? I should be on a little bit more. And um, I should be, I, I'm kind of doing more things in the background. So I'm not on as much, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, well, you can, guys, I, well, I'd love to hear. What? Go ahead. Can I respond? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. For me, um, one of the biggest steps in my life was to take total responsibility for my life. Ergo, I am master and commander of this life that I do take, do create, and I take full responsibility for it. Also, the other thing that I've come to realize in my journey is the power of words. And for me, my words are my spells, so I do cast them wisely, but the universe is always listening, and it takes everything I say literally, literally. And I also know that the words I choose to use create my reality. And, there's a, and talking about other people, I love this old nugget. What other people think of me is none of my bloody business. And my caveat to that is, <laughs> and, my, and my life is none of theirs. And I think one of the biggest, biggest problems, the biggest obstacles in Western society is this concept of um, codependent behavior. It is so insidious, it is so ingrained. And there's a little phrase that I used when I was deprogramming myself from codependent behavior, and that is this simple phrase, unsolicited advice is abuse, period. Now for me, in my journey, when I'm struggling the most, that is when I learn the most about me. But no man is an island, or a woman. And so, if you really want to be a true friend, then be around when I put my hand up and I ask for help. So advice is okay as long as it has been requested by somebody, not forced upon them. <laughs> like so often when right. I'm struggling in my <laughs> Yeah. So often in my life when I'm struggling with something and you know, well meaning but misdirected people come up, oh uh, g'day, Bob. I know what you need to do, mate. And I say, well, bro, you know, um, yeah, thanks for your interest. But I'm here to live my life my way, not your way. Because usually it's the behavior that I'm exhibiting that those people are uncomfortable with. And so they want me to change my behavior so that they're more comfortable. And so, you know, that's that for me is the, the definition of codependent behavior. And I don't do that anymore. I just say... Oh, yeah. Sorry, Matt, you know, I'm, I'm here to live my life my way, not your way. Uh, you know, have a good life. But it's, it's not mine, it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I think we all definitely get to that point where we need to, to make that decision that is my life. And I, I've lived for everybody else. That's, that. So, long. so I'm working on it still. I'm still working on that. How about you, Philip? What, is, what are your thoughts on the subject <laughs> well um, let me speak I really enjoy volunteering and working for things oh sorry um, 
And Bob, I'm sorry to hear about your health. Um, that's all I have to say. Yes, okay, mate. You know, I, 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 I am creator. I can deal with this, and I know that, which is why the only people in my arena that have fear about it are the doctors I go and see. <laughs> There's no fear within me about this issue. But thanks for your kind words. Is it anything serious? Well, yeah, I think. Sorry, Philip. Is it anything serious, like life-threatening? Well, according to, hang on, um, I had some blood tests done last June, July, and there was blood in my urine and blood in my poo, and and all my other blood results were amazing. Apart from, um, what was it? Uh, My medical condition was, I couldn't get my heart rate lower than 180 over 140. I was diagnosed type two diabetes. Uh, My cholesterol was up the charts. And so at that time I switched uh, my diet and got rid of all, basically I took on the carnivore diet and within two months, my um, cholesterol had normalized. My blood pressure went down to 130. Uh, type 2 diabetes disappeared. And not only that, but I went from 105 kilos to 90 kilos. Right, so that was one thing I did. But going back to the blood in, blood in my urine and blood in my poo, um, blood in uh, my poo, I had a colonoscopy, like I do every five or so years, you know, and they find some polyps and cut them out, and and that's what they did this time. They said, yeah, yeah, we, you know, we've cut the polyps out, no signs of cancer, okay. And I kind of, that resonated with me, you know, because I know my body. And then, but as far as the prostate goes, and I've been doing lots of research on the phenomenon of prostate enlargement and prostate cancer, um, the guy that invented the test that, the PAS test, um, a, he did a big documentary on saying how, how it is a waste of time because it gives a, off so many false positives. But I knew there was something wrong, you know, because I'd have to get up uh, two or three times a night to pee and I could no longer ejaculate. Um, um, but I could still orgasm. Um, so, and I'm 71, you know, that, that condition really didn't bother me, you know. I, I have no intention of siring another uh, dynasty of little bobs, so I'm not too worried about that. But what I was concerned about is when I went for um, um, uh, a cystoscopy, where they put a camera up the urethra and look at the the the, the lining of the urethra and where it touches the, the uh, prostate gland they could see there was something weird going on there but um, the MRI scan showed that there was nothing external to the prostate although it was big or is big so with that, I'm with that information and the guy who was doing this cystology did a, a rectal examination you know I'd, I hadn't met him before but Within a couple of minutes, you know, he stuck his finger up my bum and he was feeling my prostate gland and, and saying, yeah, there's a nodule here and there's a nodule there. And so, Thanks very much, but, you know, please warn me before you're going to do that again. 
But that got me to thinking from my own research about on prostate cancer. Now, for a tumour to get to the size of a pea, it has to have been growing for six years. Okay, so it's not something that happens overnight. And my best understanding of all the research I've done so far is that 10% of all people that get prostate cancer will die of it. That's just a numbers game. But for the remaining 90%, um, there is no difference in life expectancy or quality of life for the remaining 90%, whether they do nothing about it or uh, do nothing surgical about it, or those that go down the Western medical model and, you know, have the nodules cut out or even have the prostate cut out. And that sort of made sense to me because when I was having my uh, prostate biopsy, I couldn't understand how, and I'm just imagining on my little prostate in there, how being stabbed a dozen times with a needle was going to be beneficial to me. And so where I am, and this is just my my story, my truth, not what I believe, is that the majority of Western medicine is totally focused on alleviating the symptom. Now, for me, the tumour is the symptom. And so just by cutting it away, whether you take the tumour or the whole uh, prostate band, hasn't got to the cause. What I want to know is what actually causes that cell to not die when it's supposed to. I can't remember the word for it, but, you know, all cells grow and then die, but the, the ones that turn into tumours don't die, and they duplicate and duplicate and duplicate and duplicate until they get big enough to be um, nasty. So it's a bit like Lorenzo's Oil, that movie, if you've ever watched that. And so that's why I've committed myself, and it's like the universe is telling me now, right, Bob, it's time for you to put up or shut up. You either follow your programming, your old programming, which is believe whatever the doctors tell you, the, the Western medical doctors, or you go with your own intuition. And for me, nature is nurture. And I have surrounded myself with a whole catalogue of natural remedies. And the one I'm using now is um, the CDS chlorine dioxide solution protocols as described by Andreas Kalka in his book, Illegal Health. And I've used this before back in 2005 when I came out of hospital after some surgery and I came out with Mercer or Golden Staff and I thought, thank you very much, you know. <laughs> and no no Western oh, antibiotics could, could touch it. So luckily I was in a community where they were aware of Jim Humble's work on MMS, which is a the precursor to CDS, and so I got some MMS and applied it topically, and you know I'd, I'd healed that horrendous wound that I had around my uh, navel, and in two or three weeks it was gone, and so that gave me really confidence in using this stuff. It's now known as chlorine dioxide. It's as cheap as chips, and it's widely used. It's a natural occurring mineral or element. It's widely used throughout industry as a sterilizing um, uh, uh, process. All hospitals, you know, wash down all their surfaces and sterilize their instruments with 
CDS. And when I first came across it in 2005, it's a bit of a underground cult thing, you know, not very many people knew about it. But now, over the last couple, two or three months, I've connected with a community on Telegram that's known as the Universal Antidote community, and they've got several channels. And it's like there are, there are over 20 million testimonies from people that abuse CDS against every ailment known to man and it hasn't been beaten yet. And that is why mainstream media and Big Pharma and that whole bunch of, um, you know, beasts out there are desperately trying to quash it, you know, and ridicule it. They ridiculed Jim Humble, um, but his message got out there. But what I love to see is more people are finding natural remedies and... And, and sharing their lived experience. So if it worked for them, it might work for me. And the other one, that, that lady that died, that passed away recently from my support group, um, she was dismissed by the Western medical system uh, and diagnosed as stage four breast cancer. So she had a mastectomy and she had chemo and radiation therapy and all that stuff. And, but the, you know, the doctor said, no, this is nothing more than we can do for you it's metastatized and I can never say that word right and it's throughout your body and so she went off on her own healing journey and simply by using um, baking soda and molasses and apricot kernels within four months she had completely she was completely cancer free all the so-called cancers that spread throughout her body had gone and so, you know, and that's what that's why when her story was so inspirational. She was living proof sitting right next to me, you know. So I'm quite happy um, using CDS, and I'm also using her protocol of uh, baking soda and molasses and apricot kernels and looking at healthy foods. I've moved away from a total meat diet to picking up um, anti-cancer foods what my favorite fruit of them at the moment is tomatoes because they're full of lycopene and broccoli and all things that are, are good but one thing I I am very conscious of is I avoid putting any toxins into my body and most yeah. of the toxin intake was from processed foods and and um, systematically grown vegetables because you know, they're all sprayed with glyphosate and you know the people that are spraying this stuff on our food have to wear biohazard suits so you know it's like it's no a no-brainer why would I want to eat something that's been sprayed with with a toxin so <laughs> that's where I'm at and that's why I've got no fear and what makes me angry is that there is a fear around the big C, and it's supported by the mainstream media, just like there is a stigma and fear around depression and mental health. And the major reaction, yeah. I can understand, and it was my initial reaction, was, oh, God, big C, cancer, fear. Yes, I'm going to have it cut out. And, you know, and that was my initial reaction. But when I realized that, 
the system is using that fear in people to get them to jump on board and take their remedies. Now, all of these remedies, all of the procedures I've been through are expensive. You know, they cost a lot of money. And so money is being made through the system by looking at my illnesses, if you like. So this may sound sick, but for me, that the system is making money out of our illness. And in Western society, for me, we don't have a health care system anymore. What we have is a disease management system because uh, curing people is bad for business. So that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah. No, I do think to some degree you're right that I think that there are people out there, there are doctors out there that would rather choose to make money than to actually help patients. And I think that um, we all probably have run into it at some point. Will you explain to me and everybody what what were you talking about that you're taking the C? Uh, what what are you taking? CS? Okay, yeah, CDS, chlorine CDS, dioxide. What is that? I'll, I'll explain. Oh. Um, probably okay. about yeah, twenty odd about twenty odd years ago, maybe a bit longer. And do your own research on Jim Humble was his name, and what he discovered was MMS. Now, he was a chemical engineer working in Africa um, trying to um, get a, a mine operating, and most of his native workers were just dropping like flies, well, mosquitoes, actually, with malaria. And so he'd heard about this sort of uh, antioxidant, the oxidizing properties of um, Chlorine dioxide, no, sodium chloride, sorry, sodium chloride. And this is the precursor to CDS. So he mixed up some sodium chloride with some orange juice to activate it and gave it to his workers. And within two or three days, they're all back at work. Now, Red Cross got to hear about that because he was sharing it with the local doctors. And the local doctors wondered, you know, how could you cure all these people that we couldn't? And so the Red Cross held a big field trial in Africa, and whatever they put Jim's MMS against, it healed everything. But then once that information got out, and I've seen the video, it was up uh, on the internet, um, but it's now been pulled down, and the Red Cross actually totally denied that it ever happened, but it did. And lots of uh, doctors that actually worked on that program have come forward and that's just the level of persecution that Jen got. Now, there's a guy, Andreas Kalker, Andreas Kalker, who's, a, I think, a Swedish uh, microbiologist that came across Jim's work. And now he's sort of gone, taking it to the next level. Like, he's taking the sodium chloride and... Look, when you mix the sodium chloride in a, a little glass, say five drops of sodium chloride, it's five drops of, I use 5% uh, hydrochloric acid, it, it turns from a clear liquid into a really, really deep chocolate brown liquid. And, and, it, 
and that's the, the sodium chloride. But what comes off of it is a really, really pungent gas, and that gas is chlorine dioxide. So how I use it, and how um, Andreas recommends, is so I'll get, I'll get my little kilner jar, my little like fruit preserve jar with an airtight sealable lid. I'll put 300 mils of uh, distilled water in there and then take my shot glass and I'll put 5 mils of CDS in the shot glass and 5 mils of the uh, hydrofluoric acid and quickly drop it into the, the jar and you can smell the, the gas coming off. So I seal it off and then put it in a dark place for a day and all of that gas gets absorbed into the water. Now that is my medicine then, that is the chlorine dioxide solution. And <coughs> the way to use it is, it's, you start off small, so I start off with say five drops of this uh, chlorine dioxide solution, put it in my water bottle, and I've got my water bottle marked off in divisions of eight. So I put my five drops in there, top it up with um, uh, good water and then every hour I will drink one measure of that throughout the day. Now chlorine dioxide is the most strongest pathogen killer that you can put in your body and the way to find out that what works for you is if there's no change in your my condition I'll go from five drops to ten drops I keep increasing dosage over a period of a few weeks till I get to the point where I'm starting to feel nauseous. Yeah. Now that's my body telling me, well, no, this is too much. And so from that point, I'll back off. I'll halve the dosage. You know, I'll go from 20 drops back to 10 and then just keep on that, keep on that, keep on that. And that's my body telling me what treat rate I need to use that is safe and effective for my own healing. And it's that simple. And like six months supply costs 30 bucks and it can't be patented, which is why they hate it. <laughs> you just get it online, like Amazon or something? <laughs> yeah, the best, the best resource, Kim, is to go onto Telegram and look for the universal antidote uh, groups and there's a guy there, and, well, there's thousands of them, but as soon as you go to the first page, it says, watch this video, which explains the whole story about it. Here's where to get it. Here's how to use it. And here are the 20 million testimonials of people that have used it against every disease. Now, currently, I am on protocol R from Andreas's book, which is the rectal protocol, and I'll just read it verbatim. Procedure. Activate six drops of CD in a glass, add 150 mils of water, absorb the, put the solution into an irrigator, apply Vaseline or lubricant lotion to the tip of the irrigator, insert it into the rectum and empty the irrigator completely, hold the liquid in for about three minutes before evacuating. That is the optimum protocol for anal fissures, hemorrhoids, and especially prostate cancer. And there are thousands of testimonials 
from people that have used that protocol to say, yep, it worked like a job. Wow. Uh, are you, is it available in the United States? Are you sure? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I know. Yes. Is that, okay. Yeah. But the, the best, there's a, one of the channels there is all about where you can buy it in whatever country you are. And it is, oh, okay. it is market. It is, the, it is marketed as a water purification um, uh, tablet. Uh, and I, I use another thing because like, the biggest organ in my body is my skin, right? So I come up with this brainwave of, um, well, I, I live in a caravan, so I don't have a bath I can immerse myself in. But I did have this little paddling pool. So I filled the paddling pool with rainwater and I bought some chlorine dioxide effervescent tablets from uh, I think it was a swimming pool company, but you know just 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 uh, search for chlorine dioxide tablets, and so every day I'll throw three or four of these little tablets in my little paddling pool, and then just soak myself into it for about ten or fifteen minutes. I'm lying there under the mango tree in the sunshine and the birds are singing. And like the first time I went in, I got some up my nose and it was funny, I really had a strong nasal congestion. And about half an hour later, I could breathe as free as a, a baby, you know, it was amazing. But the other thing, and other people have noticed this about me, the skin in my forearms was covered with those maroon blotches, you know, because I used to breathe bruise really easily you know now, look I, they used to be known as age spots or liver spots or whatever but what I have noticed and I've only yeah. been doing this for a week is my the skin on my forearms now is free of liver spots and I had a funny lot of more gallons growth on my the top of my left hand shoulder that used to come back every two days you know I like to scrape it off and it come back again that hasn't returned. And so that's another way that's that I'm it. treating my body with CDS. And again, it's cheap as chips and simple. You know, throw a few tablets in, in the bath and just sit back and relax. Nice. Yeah, do you know I've who... Do, yeah. Do you know who Suzanne Summers is? She's an American... She was an American actress. She just died this year. But she was doing something that was similar. She's had cancer for probably 20-some years. And um, she was doing a lot of natural remedy stuff. And, she, yeah, she lived for quite a while with it. I wonder if... Um, oh, we lost I wonder if that... What you're talking about, if that helps it to metastasize and maybe not attack you, you know, when I, because once it metastasizes, well, you can usually live for years. Oh, go ahead. What, the way it operates, and this is just a simple understanding, is let's say all the bad guys in your body have a negative charge. I don't, it might be positive, I don't know. But, you know, just for the sake of this explanation. So all the bad guys in your body have a negative charge. By introducing... Uh, Chlorine dioxide, chlorine dioxide goes into the body, gets into your bloodstream, and it specifically targets all those 
negative things, whether they're tumors or bacteria or whatever, all the negative things, and oxidizes them, gets rid of them. And the only, the only product of the oxidation is water and sodium chloride, which is salt, which, you know, we need both water and salt to survive. So that's how chlorine dioxide works. In the body, it targets only the bad guys and oxidizes them, just gets, kills them. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't oh. happen overnight, like, you know, um, but I, I'm, I'm just feeling blown away by the results that I'm getting with what I'm doing. Oh, that's awesome. No, I'm, I'll definitely be thinking about you and, and keeping you in my thoughts and prayers. I think um, definitely what you're talking about is a direct reflection, you know, even though you are dealing with it in your 70s, of what had maybe happened to you as a child. I'm, because that is so you know, so well-researched now that your body kind of holds on to all of that and then it'll come up in another way like cancer or, you know, spine issues or whatever, you know, is attacking your body, attacking itself, usually doesn't come up till later in life. I mean, we can try and forget about it and everything, but eventually <laughs> it seems to catch up with us. <laughs> yeah. Well, the question... Question I ask myself, <clears throat> like I did when I lost my boat to the cyclone. The question I asked myself once I was confronted with this information was okay, I have created this event in my life. What is the lesson I need to learn from it? And as I said earlier yep. on, the lesson I need to learn is you know, which way are you going to jump, Bob? Are you going to go with your programming and have surgery? Or are you going to go with your inner knowing, trust your inner tuition, and go down the natural remedy path? And so that's what it's doing for me. And my mum, when I was 16, she had bowel cancer. She ended up with a colostomy. So that's back in 1968. And they, they, they removed most of her intestine and come on. And, and she got another 25, 30 years of life totally free of cancer, totally free of cancer. But after that period of time, it came back and finished her off. And the reason, for me, the reason it came back is she never changed her beliefs. She never changed the way she lived. She never changed her diet. She didn't take that incidence Mm -hmm. of cancer as the body saying, hey, wake up. You're not living your truth. Mm -hmm. By not living your truth, it will kill you, and which it eventually did. Yeah. 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 Um, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. But um. But no, I do think that this talk is um is good because even though not everybody has cancer, um, you're giving people information, and then you're also telling a fact of what happens and we've all talked about it on on NASA before of what happens to your body your body tries to protect you so it starts fighting yeah. against itself basically what it's doing and then it comes up in different ways like 
cancer or, you know, like I said, all this other different stuff. I think um, as women, we get to, to go through, you know, like triple of the stuff because we get to go through the whole menopause thing, too. <laughs> At the same time that we're trying to figure our life out. <laughs> that really well, kind of yeah. But you know what? We'll, we'll get that. Yeah. Well, I reckon there's, there's a male equivalent, and it's called menopause. <laughs> menopause? <laughs> <But, laughs> yeah, but it, right. it, 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 it's so true. It is so true. For me, um, one thing that I'm absolutely rigid on is my body always knows what it needs and it's always sending me messages. All I have to do is listen and obey my body because my body is so much smarter than me. And as soon as I start ignoring the messages from my body, I get into strife. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't so you think the same thing can be said about your head. I mean, what is in your head all the time? Like, well, we were talking about your sometimes yeah. your mood will affect how your whole day goes, or you know. So it's all it's all connected together. Well, it's all connected. From where I'm, <laughs> from where I'm coming from, um. You know, I'm following my heart, but I couldn't hear my heart until I learned how to silence my mind. Now, for me, yeah. my mind is mm-hmm. just a tool that I use when I choose, for I am so much more than my mind. So I found a way of shutting my mind down and just being able to loudly hear the messages from my heart and my body. And so um, I live my life consciously. And, um I have set my own conscious life intention, and I'll ask you what yours is when I, once I share mine. My conscious life intention is I am here to have a gentle, joyful, loving, healthy, and abundant life. Now that I am here to have, it's mm-hmm. my command to the universe to deliver what I've commanded, but it's also my address to the universe so the universe knows where to deliver. So now, I am here to have a gentle, joyful, loving, healthy, and abundant life. And since I put that conscious life intention in place, probably around about 2005, that is precisely how my life is unfolding. It's like I'm just kicking back and the universe is doing all the hard work. And if I ever need anything, like, you know, with this dance with um, cancer, the remedies present themselves I don't have to work hard yeah. it's like they, they appear on my desktop it's like you know um, <laughs> it's like artificial intelligence you know the universe knows what I'm looking for and keeps putting these things in front of me it's brilliant but it's yeah. all about taking full responsibility for my life and then believing in me and I, I totally trust in my own process yeah, yeah, and I think that, unfortunately, a lot of people don't, and that brings up all the anxiety and negative thoughts, and, and then it gets you going. You know, we, I also had, I brought up some information, and I thought maybe I'd just go over it real quick before we're, we're done with the show about um, anxiety and depression and mental health, but 
It says anxiety is both a mental and a physical state of negative expectations. So mentally, it's characterized by increased arousal and negative expectation, expectancy and tortured into worry, which yeah, is common, and physical by activation of multiple body systems, and they all facilitate coping with an unknown or adverse situation. So then everybody goes through their different things. Like I said, you have cancer, I've got spine issues. Everybody has different things. I know, um, uh-huh. you know, Bob, or Bill, our founder, has been pretty sick and in and out of the hospital recently. I don't know if you've known that, too. And, um, and also one of our other hosts, Victoria. So we've had to cut the shows to three nights a week, and um, I'm working on getting some more people on. But I know that these are all direct, um, you know, it's directly from what we had to go through and what, you know, our body has put us through. And our mind isn't always there at the right time. I wish that I could say, oh, my gosh, I'm just like Bob. And every single time I <laughs> every single time I have negative thoughts come in, then I'm going to just turn it away. But the reality is, because we're human, we don't always do that. And there are definitely times that we can. But um, I love talking to you because, yeah, you're, you're a very positive person. I love that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I would like to talk to the concept of anxiety. Now, for me, yeah. doing inner child work, you know, and I was going back there on a daily basis for years, just reliving my childhood so that I could start. <coughs> combining my story but what I realized about I traced my anxiety back to my childhood the first seven years where I lived in um, constant fear my modus operandi was uh, flight fear or flight you know um, and so that that became in with embedded within my body or within my subconscious uh, as the way I lived my life as an adult. So I could be walking down the beach, you know, on a lovely sunny day, and all of a sudden the hairs on the back of my neck stood up as if there was somebody behind me with a knife about to attack me. And I am a very strong empath. I'm very powerful with energy. But by healing the wounds of my childhood, that adult anxiety totally went away. Totally went away. Because it was only part of my my survival process that I needed to survive my childhood. You know, I needed fight or flight to get out of the way of the abuse and the beatings and stuff. But by healing my childhood, that's gone. And also my panic attack, the first one that kicked off my dance with depression in 1984, my body's just thrashing around doing what it wanted to do. And it's only recently, well, since I healed myself, that I realized that those movements that my body was doing, that I had no control over, were just my body's way of saying, Bob, for Christ's sake, wake up. Wake up. Go and find your truth and live it. Stop living your programming. And that's what... And so now, you know, I just I just listen to whatever my body's saying. And I, I, I do ignore it sometimes, but... <laughs> I'm only human. <laughs> yeah, we're all human. That's right. <laughs> and we're all trying, especially the people in this forum are all, 
you know, just trying to get through day to day because there are so many of those inner voices that are have been talking to us for so long. And I think we all have to get to the point where we can find what works best for us, you know, to stop those voices. Yeah, and that is so true for me because we're all sovereign, unique, and equal. I say to everyone, whatever works for you is okay with me. I simply expect the same respect in return. Wow, that was pretty. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Yeah, that was really deep, Bob. You did good on that one. (laughs) No, thank you for getting on with me and talking with me tonight. Since it was just basically the two of us, we lost Philip, but, um, you know, I think unless you have... Any other, you know, wise words of of Bob, then share with us. But we might just go ahead and close, a, you know, end a little bit early tonight. Yeah, I think for me it's been an, an awful conversation. And I, look at that word. <laughs> for me this conversation is full of awe, right? For, full so of awe. <laughs> yeah. Awful, an awful, amazing conversation. And I just implore everybody to <laughs> get a 4 me 2 and uh, smash the hell out of your, tele- your, your television set and go within and start <laughs> looking for your own answers. Start, start to find what resonates with your heart. Start to find your own yeah. truth. As Shakespeare said, Above all, be true to thine own self. And he was right. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. Yeah. We don't hear that enough. That we well, have to yeah. be true to ourselves. We need to do that. Yeah. Well, you've heard it tonight. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I'm so sorry you're going through all that. But I'm, I have no doubt that if anybody can beat all of this, you can. And and I love your positivity. Thank you for sharing it with us. No worries, though. As we say in Australia, <laughs> no worries. No worries. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I know there are, and also I guess I could add on to that, that if you are in a situation like I've basically been in for many years that, you don't ever feel like you can find your truth and be who you are supposed to be, then it's time to to get out of that situation. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that's ever easy because it's never an easy task to change your circumstances so that you can live your truth and be who you're supposed to be, who your creator, who God, who, um, you know, any whoever you believe in, has made you and you can do that so that's that's my yeah. encouragement <laughs> my so encouragement for the night Bob yeah. <laughs> me looking at God or I prefer the term creation or source I reckon God didn't create us to live in pain God created right. us to live in bliss so if you're not living your bliss yeah. then it's your choice but I, I chose to go in search of my own bliss. 
and it's a wonderful journey. I've had to face my own death many times. Um, it's the dark night of the soul, and it's it's so well documented. But the bright light that's on the other side of that doing that work is just well worth it for me. For me, yeah. I wouldn't be dead for kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I do hope that you keep in touch and you um, you know let us know how you're doing. Like I said, I don't yeah, know if you've the, noticed that we're just doing three nights right now, but hopefully we can get back to our five night a week at some point. But yeah, we're on Tuesday, well, Wednesday, Thursday love. right now. Yeah, I sure love, will. Then. Yeah, and Victoria, and Victoria, uh, Victoria too. She's the other gal that's yeah. on. She's she's in the hospital now as we speak. So it's like the we got to get all of our hosts out of the hospital and well and um, back on the radio so we can. Get back to doing what we like to do. <laughs> That's to talk to people. Well, so, well, I'm happy to uh, put my hand up for co-host. Yeah. For what? So, for co-host. Oh, for co-host. Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I. You want me to just let you know, or or do you want me to like get you on the schedule? Um, just let you know. Um, just, just let me. Just let you know when I we need somebody. Okay. Well, and yeah. and it's been pretty slow right now because we don't have people. Yeah. You know, we also need people to look for hope for uh, guests for the show as well because um, Carol was doing that. Carol and Bill, you know, were pretty much the ones that would look for guests for the show, and um, Carol quit, so she's no longer with us. And um, and then Bill's been so sick, so yeah. you know if you have any any thoughts or any suggestions on somebody who you think would like to to be a part of NASCA and come on and tell their story or and or be a little bit more and do some work volunteer work, then just have them contact me. No worries, Kim. <laughs> but thank you, Bob, for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. You take care. Good talking to you. Thanks for calling. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Take care. So, um, yeah, and we lost Philip already, too. So I guess that we'll just go ahead and close a little bit early tonight because I am not all that with it either, but. Some nights are better than others, so <laughs> I just thank everybody for being on. Thank Thanks so much for Bob to be on and, and kind of got us talking so I didn't have to just go down this whole um, article on anxiety, but I think that Bob explained it pretty well and and how we can help ourselves. So everyone have a great night. Thanks for being on with me, and I look forward to talking to you later. Take care, everyone. Good night. Another tomorrow, cause that's gone.